0: Welcome to Chemical Reactions, and this the fourth in a podcast series about European chemicals policy produced by Rud Pedersen Public Affairs in Brussels. I'm Chris Davis, Senior Advisor to Rud Pedersen, formerly a long-standing member of the European Parliament's Environment Committee. The context of our discussions has changed now because instead of anticipating proposals from the European Commission, we have now the chance to read the newly adopted Chemical Strategy for Sustainability, subtitled towards a toxic free environment. We'll certainly be exploring the details and wider implications of this commissioned communication in the weeks to come. But today I get the chance to discuss issues affecting the chemicals industry with the representative of a number of manufacturers who are so specialized, you may not even have realized they were manufacturing chemicals. She is France Capon, Secretary General of the European Precious Metals Federation. France, thank you for joining us. But precious metals are surely things we buy in jewellery shops. How come they get included within chemicals legislation?
1: Good morning, Chris. It's a a very good question to start this debate. Indeed, the the precious metals has an image of being jewellery, silverware, your cutlery when you do a party uh, or you have a big event. But um, really, precious metals is far more than this. In the precious metals industry, we have, of course, the usual metals that everybody knows like uh, the silver, the gold, some of the platinum group metals with the platinum, palladium, and so on. But we have also plenty of other chemicals which are compounds from these uh, main metals and which are used very often in high-tech, like uh, electronics like medical devices or even in cosmetics and therefore the uses are multiple and are critical for our society but also to achieve the policy goal of uh, the european union
0: yes in, in practical terms I, I read from your website that their uses are, are just essential essential for the working of electronic components for our computers and I, I, the more the more I, the more i read about the more, more i realize I've never even noticed how essential they are.
1: Indeed. And when you take your phone in your hand or your computer, as you just mentioned, you are also having in your hand quite a lot of precious metals. Of course, not in volume, but as you said, in essentiality. It's really uh, critical elements. We were talking uh, a couple of weeks ago with the electronics and the electricity industry, and they said without silver, no electricity, that's it. And when we think, for example, about the electrification of cars, how to achieve that without silver or without some of these silver compounds. Therefore, uh, these are essential use, as I said, for society, for uh, decarbonization, but also for circular economy, because we can use again and again and again these substances. When you recycle them, It doesn't change, it stays always the same, and it gives you the same properties than the initial primary raw materials.
0: If the ambition is to create a toxic-free environment, have any problems been identified with precious metals? Some are used, for example, in dental work and in pacemakers, so they must surely be regarded as very safe.
1: Of course, and you can apply that also to the cosmetics or to other uses. What does it mean, toxic-free environment? If you go in the nature, you have plenty of toxic elements. Therefore, I prefer the wording or interpret this toxic-free environment about safe environment. You can have toxic chemicals, and we have. We shouldn't hide it in the precious metals industry. We have sometimes environmental classification for some of the compounds, even human classification. But how do we manage it? We work on the safe use of these chemicals, managing and minimising to the maximum extent the exposure. Exposure to workers, exposure to environment and exposure, of course, to consumers. Therefore, the non-toxic or toxic-free environment, it's of course a little bit scary, but all is about how do we define it?
0: So how does the existing REACH chemicals legislation affect you?
1: REACH, it's really now a long story for the European Precious Metals Federation. The Federation has been created to address this new challenge for the precious metals industry. If we compare ourselves with our colleagues from the other base metals like nickel, copper or zinc, we were quite behind generating data on our substances. We were not part of the existing legislation on risk assessment. But as REACH started, all the industry takes very seriously and created the European Precious Metals Federation to host a consortium fully dedicated to the REACH implementation. And it's now more than 10 years that all the industry is really joining forces to generate all the data needed because we are so-called data-poor substances, except perhaps for silver, when we have a little bit more information already since the beginning. All the other substances, including the metals, have still a lot of data gaps that we are working hard now to fill in. The registration deadline is of course over. The main deadline for us was 2018 because we have small tonnages, small volumes, But the work is only starting, I would say, because it was just the kickoff of generating a lot of new data to better know the profile of our substances and to better manage potential risk. Therefore, it's really the core of our business now at EPMF to ensure that this could happen for our
0: members. Okay, you're starting to frighten me now because uh, we wear precious metals on our bodies. We have them put inside our bodies but uh, they use it for dental work, for example, and in pacemakers, so surely they should be very safe. Why do we have to carry out all this investigation?
1: It's always better to know more than less, and of course when all these metals were used since hundreds of years sometimes, you were talking about medical devices, silver was used since uh, a long time since the middle ages to ensure that uh, their biocidal properties are well used in the in the medical part but it was a lot of uh, learning by doing during all these centuries and now we want really to be fully aware based on all the science which can be developed on potential risk which could arise from the use of our metals but so far so good we always manage as you said In medical devices, in cosmetics, there were also a lot of testing ongoing the past years, and it's still uh, demonstrated that uh, we can continue to use these substances safely.
0: I read that it's not the metals as such that may be a matter of concern, but compounds of them. For example, um, platinum compounds are used in chemotherapy, and they are presumably intended to be toxic, but for a good reason, because they're fighting cancer.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. That's the point. And uh, very often we are talking about the compounds or we have an intentional use, as you mentioned, where the toxicity is needed to uh, beat, in this case, the cancer. Very often, the more uh, hazardous compounds are used only at workplace level in a very strict and safe environment. And only the metals end up in the final product, which is in contact with the consumers. And as far as we know now, The metals, usually like the platinum, the gold, or the silver, have not a a
0: high toxicity profile. Do we know enough about these substances? Do we have the data?
1: We are generating the data. As I said, we realized that we were a little bit behind. For some of them, we have a good set of data. For others, like silver... We are still generating some of these data. We are also trying to accommodate the new requirements. You were talking about the chemical strategy, which was issued. We see now that they want to know more about uh, undercrime disruption. They want to know more about neurotoxicity, immunotoxicity, and so on. And there we are really at the forefront to provide all the data needed to have a, a good understanding of our substances, but also where it
0: can be used safely. But even where issues of concern may be raised, I guess you would argue that there has to be a sense of proportion. Because in many instances, there's going to be no alternative to the use of these substances and their benefits will outweigh any possible risks.
1: Of course. And it's always the balance that we have to take. I saw here that we are talking and I hear from you that we are now talking more about substance of concerns instead of substance of very high concern which makes already a a huge difference, of course, because a lot of substances which were not so much impacted by the definition of substances of very high concern, are then now impacted by the the new approach regarding the substance of concern. I think what is really important in this new chemical strategy is the concept of uh, critical or essential use what is essential. And uh, again, I'll come back to one of my previous comments about the definition, the criteria that we will set to define it. Therefore, we are confident and we are ready to contribute to this reflection to see how we can continue to use these essential substances to achieve, as I said, or a good added value for society, like in cosmetics, or medical devices, or really continue to support the EU goals for 20, uh, 2050, like the circular economy targets, but also the climate neutrality. And there it's very important to continue and to be able to use all these substances uh, in that context.
0: Franz, what about the sourcing of precious metals? They may be perfectly safe in their uses, but someone, somewhere, has to get them out of the ground and the conditions in which they work may be very, very far from ideal. Is this a matter of concern to your members? Yes, of course.
1: Our members have developed with uh, the collaboration of uh, other associations like the LBMA or the LPPM in the UK, industry schemes to address this responsible sourcing, the precious metals industry, has not weighted at all the conflict minerals regulation uh, which will be enforced in the EU as of January 2021. It's, it's a major concern for a lot of our members and they have all the required certification regarding the sourcing. Moreover, a lot of them are recyclers and I think that of course we cannot avoid and we need the primary materials to address the future demand, that's clear, but we want also to promote strongly the recycling and there of course we deviate a little bit from the chemicals management or the chemical strategy but to do that properly we need to ensure that all the materials containing precious metals are collected and comes back to the uh, different recyclers and uh, to my members to the producers that we can recycle that we can also reuse these substances and balance as much as possible the need to go on the ground mining new substances, and addressing the demand
0: of these precious metals. France, the European Commission has published its new chemical strategy for sustainability. The devil was going to be in the detail, of course, but how might this affect the providers of precious metals?
1: I'm a positive person by nature. Therefore, I would tell you that I see there for the precious metals industry a lot of opportunities. There are a lot of good things. We are defending, of course, protection of human health and environment, we want to achieve the climate neutrality and the circular economy targets. Of course, that's really important. We have uh, some concerns reading the strategy regarding, for example, uh, the coherence, especially between this chemical strategy and the target that I just mentioned for 2050. When we read also some of the concerns from the Commission, Or the target that they have in the organic industry, we want to make sure that they will not develop one solution fitting for all, because there won't be one solution fitting for all. It's very important to understand that each sector Each use will have to uh, be considered probably separately, even if we have a lot of common ground to work together. What is really important, I think, in the strategy is the fact that they recognize the importance of the chemicals and in the same time of the metals to offer the new solutions and support the Green Deal, but also the digital transition. We were just discussing at the beginning uh, the use of, of our precious metals. It's key for the digital uh, transition. It's key for the electrification. Therefore, it's really nice to hear that. We want to proactively contribute to a series of discussions, to be honest, to make sure that the things goes into the right direction for everybody. And for example, we want to make sure, as I said, that there is coherency between the different policies. We want to ensure that sustainable chemicals and for us sustainable metals, it's well defined, like essential use, it's very important. We want also to be part of the discussion related to the toxic free hierarchy. Therefore you see, I think we have a lot to do in common and we have a lot of positive ideas that we can bring into the debate to make things progressing and to turn this uh, strategy into a success for industry and for the uh, citizens.
0: Well, I guess I want a toxic-free environment like everyone else, but some of the proposals do seem enormously burdensome, given that, for example, many of our electronic products, as we all know, are imported from the Far East, and they're not going to go through anything like the same sort of rigours that uh, your industry is going to have to encounter.
1: Yeah, exactly. And there it's really a concern that we have. I would say that with the strategy, we have per, perhaps a light in the tunnel because there are clearly quoting that to ensure 11 playing field between the EU and the non-EU manufacturers. They want to lead the way for also the non-EU countries. We have a lot of hope into that, but of course we have the reality also, and we are not yet there. And there is really a critical message for the, the European Commission. During the past months, we heard a lot that we have to be resilient. We need to make sure that we have access to the raw materials. We need to protect our industry. But to do that, we need to be indeed very careful on what is coming from uh, outside
0: the EU. Do you think the voice of the Precious Metals Federation gets a proper hearing from the European Commission?
1: I think fortunately we are not alone. We are going through this new regulatory challenge with a strong mother uh, association, which is Eurometo, the representative of the European non ferrous metals industry. Because, of course, all what I am telling you, we have some specificities for the precious metals, but it's valid for all the metals. Therefore, just the European Precious Metals Federation or the, the European Precious Metals Industry is not a lot in the balance, but when joining forces with the others, we are a little bit more heard. We are not get <laughs> totally there neither, but we will get there, we are sure. And to do that, we are also contributing and collaborating with other industry and especially our downstream users. And that's important, of course, and it's mentioned also in the strategy, this value chain is key. Is key for ensuring an adequate risk management to address potential risk using chemicals. But it's also important that everybody understand the consequences of a decision really upfront in the value chain on critical uses, for example.
0: For 20 years and more, we've been talking about the idea of promoting innovation and the substitution of toxic chemicals with new and and safer ones. Is there any need for the substitution of precious metals? Are they simply essential for the purposes to which they're put?
1: I think so, and I don't want to be cynical, but some of the downstream users that we have uh, met recently told us, guys, the price of your metals just pushed us to the substitution where we could. It's perhaps a little bit different from the other metals, but in the precious metals, it's so rare, it's so expensive. Then when the downstream user uses it, it's on purpose. And I think that where it could have been substitute, it was done for that reason mainly, sometimes also for, for safety reason. In the future, I don't say that we can't, but I see less and less possibility to do it, and I'm not sure that this will be a regulation who will push it more on that uh, in the case of precious metals.
0: One of the objectives of the European Chemicals Strategy is to promote the circular economy. But of course, that's something that you must want to do, and indeed are trying to do, because no one wants to throw a precious metal into an incinerator or send it off to landfill. Is there more that can be done to promote recycling?
1: Yes, of course, because what you say, it's totally valid for a jewel, for example. Nobody will never think about throwing away a ring or bracelets with gold or silver in. It's not perhaps so valid for the electronics part. And that's really a bottleneck that we have in uh, the recycling of the precious metals. It's the collection of these items, all the electronics items containing some precious metals. That's true that at this stage, we don't see a lot of incentives from uh, the authorities to the consumers. We don't see neither a lot of understanding from the consumer. They don't know always that they have precious metals in their uh, electronics items. And we need to make sure that all of this is really collected in an efficient way and kept in the EU to be recycled in a, in a safe way and be re-injected in our economy. But therefore, we have still a lot to do. We have a lot to think of communication, promotion, and perhaps some political actions to promote this collection of uh, electronic items. But we are confident that the circular economy action plan will support us in this way.
0: I worked in the European Parliament some years ago on the Waste Electrical and Electronic Devices Directive. Looking at it, I, I still don't think the ambitions have been anything like realised.
1: No, agree. We are not yet there. And even uh, from our side, we have all the technologies for the recycling for most of these items. There are still something going wrong in this collection, indeed, and in the work done, or the work, the actions done by the consumers from time to time.
0: Over the next 10 years, we expect to see a, a doubling of chemical production across the world. Where's Europe going to be in this, uh, so far as precious metals are concerned?
1: I don't have personally at uh, European Precious Metals Federation uh, clear figures about that. Uh, as I said, our target is chemicals management. But we know that the demand is increasing and that our members are there and ready to address it. Therefore, I don't see indeed a different conclusions from precious metals, that what we have for the chemicals or for the metals in general, the demand will increase until 2050 for sure, just as we said previously to address the challenges like electrification, circular economy target and so on. Therefore uh, yeah, we are really within this same position with an increase of our production.
0: You expect still though a, a big role for precious metals to be playing, in fact, a, an increased enhanced role for precious metals in the years to come.
1: Yes, we don't see how it can be different with electrification coming, that's for sure. We saw also with the COVID crisis that for the investment, precious metals was an important value to take into account to protect some of the capital. Therefore, also in this field, it's not the end at all, of course, of the precious metals. You have also all the medical applications, which are critical and uh, and important for the society, contributing to a healthier world in the future. Therefore, indeed, I don't see at all this changing for the 10 or 20 coming years.
0: Franz, you're Secretary-General of the European Precious Metals Federation. Are there any perks of the job? Do any of your members come along and leave free samples?
1: <laughs> I would love to, <laughs> unfortunately not. <laughs> unfortunately not. Even when we have to do some um, testing for reach, and it's sometimes an important drawback for us, we are paying, of course, these samples because some of them could uh, cost a fortunes. And uh, I must even tell you that when we are performing some of the tests, the cost of the sample itself it's far higher than the, the testing. Therefore, no, not so often I find a, a bar or even something smaller on my desk when I come back to the job. On the Monday morning,
0: you've been listening to me. That's Chris Davis, as I have talked with Franz Capon, Secretary General of the European Precious Metals Federation. Thanks very much, Franz. Thank you for inviting. In the next of our series of Chemical Reactions podcasts, produced by Rud Pedersen, Public Affairs in Brussels, I'll be talking with someone who can give us a, a government perspective. That'll be Lena Ulla Mononen, Director General of the Ministry of Environment in Finland. You can hear it on the Rud Pedersen website or on the LinkedIn and Twitter pages. Thanks very much for listening.